Planet Worker, a world in development. Human Agency and International Development Series. Episode 12, The Development Practitioner. The advent of late modernity has brought fundamental changes in the economic and social structure of our world, and with it, profound changes in the identity of individuals. The review of scholarship in this series so far has explored a number of salient features of the concept of developmentalism. Firstly, the review of development in the late 20th century illustrates the emergence and proliferation of modernization and neoliberalism as the primary foundation for development discourse. Promoting the centrality of capitalist economic theory, global integration and liberal democratic forms of governance. This represented a shift in the meta-narrative of development from state-centered economism to a focus on inequality and poverty. A human-centered approach to development and the centrality of the capability approach embodying the ideas of Amartya Sen and Martha Nussbaum. This approach both valorized the capabilities and agency of the individual, while responsibilizing the individual for their own well-being and advancement. This individualism complemented neoliberal ideology and discourse in development. A second feature of development discourse was an increasing suspicion of the nation-state as primary actor in driving development, and a heightened prerogative for good governance through the mechanisms of local government and civil society. This signaled a growing preoccupation with the local, embodying the significance of context and locality. This placed greater stress on community as both an essential actor and target of development. Thirdly, the proliferation and pervasion of neoliberalist development discourse required institutionalization by actors in development. Initially driven by a select number of powerful global institutions led by the Bretton Woods institutions aligned to the Washington Consensus, development ideology and discourse was replicated and transmitted through a vast array of institutions, including states and NGOs. Drawing on new institutionalism theory, this represented the outcome of discursive institutionalization, whereby achieving a hegemonic status neoliberal development discourse represented a convergence of ideas and ideology absorbed by these actors and embodied in practice. Finally, two important theoretical foundations were analyzed for exploring the concept of individual agency, structuration and governability. Eden's theory of structuration provides the frame for locating agency in structure, while Foucault's concept of governmentality presented the basis for understanding development as mentality, simultaneously constructing the impetus for its reproduction and the identity of actors responsible for this. A study of developmentalism as with governmentality, is an examination of the significance of the articulation of discourse and its effect on agency rather than instrumentalizing its objectives or mechanisms. The concept of governmentality construes neoliberalism not just as ideological rhetoric, as a political economic reality, or as a practical anti-humanism, but above all as a political project that endeavors to create a social reality that it suggests already exists. By reconstructing this social reality, development discourse sets the basis for controlling or governing it. The critical commentator, Lai, explores the conceptual terrain between the notion of governmentality and what he calls developmentality, which attends to the effects and intentions of the new aid architecture and the way the institutional setup and content of aid partnerships constitute means of governance, despite the liberal rhetoric. 
It is not so much about what development achieves in terms of outcomes, or how individuals are regulated or regulate themselves, but about how individuals view the path of their own development as synonymous with neoliberal ideals and their assumption of responsibility for this. Developmentalism, resting on neoliberal ideology and its institutionalization, therefore becomes a framework to understand and explore the discursive connections between development narratives that seek to construct the development object, the individual, and their outlook and constructive behavior within context. The risk of overdeterminism of discourse and structure obviating individual agency presents a potential conundrum. But the analyses presented in this podcast draws on a Butlerian notion of performativity that offers the potential for understanding and locating individual agency within a seemingly deterministic structure. This frame can be extended and applied to those who implement development, the practitioners. This podcast series now turns to explore the domain of the development practitioner and practice. Critique of international development, particularly from the post-development school, have provided a useful prism through which to understand development structures and the relationship between discourses, actors and power of global development. What is less clear is the extent to which these discourses are deterministic of individual freedom and subjective action and how the latter can influence the former. For post-development critics, developmentalism is established as an objective form of knowledge imposed through continuous and regular institutional practice. For them, developmentalism as a mentality or worldview is reproduced and strengthened by the practice of institutions of development or development agencies, and those who work in them are individual agents. This makes it even more difficult for other forms of knowledge and practice to gain resonance within the prevailing discourse, with the implication that individual agency merely serves to reinforce discourse. Drawing on Foucaultian theory, post-development theorists face the risk of being overly deterministic, in that for them human agency and the power of actors can only occur to reinforce the dominant discourse. In this way, they view developmentalism as a discursive totality, completely defining and in turn being continually reinforced by the actions and practice of individual actors. For some, this represents a form of anti-humanism that neglects the possibility of individual agency and influence, where the individual is the instrument of the discourse and post-humanism. There are two broad ontological approaches to the issue of practitioner agency in the messiness of development. On the one hand, Behind a fiction of order we find the reality of disjuncture, this dualism being an unavoidable aspect of policy, while on the other, that development actors are capable of deploying both order and disjuncture strategically and that one or the other is actively produced and reproduced according to ad hoc conditions for action and incentives. In general terms, the former argument reflects contributions that emphasise the totality and determinism of structured discourse such as those posited by the post-development school, while the latter emphasizes individual agency and humanism. What is clear is that for much of the 1980s and 90s, categories of development objects, mainly the poor, had not only been neglected as potential agents of influence and change, but had been defined by their lack of agency. 
Post-development analysts both apply this as a central concept in their analysis of development, but also are themselves contributing to this denial of agency. Partly as a response to this, the concept of individual agency in development discourse has emerged with renewed recognition and energy. For example, the political concept of social exclusion which arose in the 1980s reinforced this view of people being denied a sense of individuality or agency and sought to reposition agency as part of the development narrative. The assertion of the dominance of development ideology and resultant subjugation of development practitioners has been contested by a number of critics who maintain acknowledgement of the space for individual agency. For them, the notion of a dominant discourse driven by a convergent array of institutions appears implausible, given the apparent disparateness in the international development sector. This critique is fundamental for Moss in particular, whose intent is to reconnect power to agency, rejecting the idea of a microphysics of power occurring entirely beyond the intelligence of actors. A world of duped perpetrators and victims of development. More strident critiques of subject less deterministic Foucaultian analysis have emerged that explore and argue the critical importance of the process of compromise and contingent action in social change, based on a strong appreciation of individual agency. These critique the determinism of discursive power and contingent policy logic on social change, but at the same time are careful to acknowledge that individualist actions, perspectives and conditions do not by themselves create change. For these commentators, the analysis of development practitioners necessitates exploration of how the diversity of interests and perspectives interact with the organising logic of development discourse and, in particular, how development practitioners facilitate and negotiate contingencies, localities and networks of practice to ensure the maintenance of that organising logic. These critics point to the complexity and nuance of the engagement between development practitioners and people in different locations, cultures and social structures. For them, meanings are contested and organising space is negotiated at multiple levels, clouding the distinctions between constructed categories of actors and their roles. In other words, the order of development is primarily an interpretive order, socially sustained through interpretive communities and necessarily separated from actual events and practice. Therein lies a dilemma of the NGO development practitioner. In the face of the political demands as being the boundary spanners, they are required to manage complex relationships and power between established elites expressing the interests of the structure, while ostensibly acting for the interest of ordinary people and the poor and marginalised. In their own domain, development practitioners have to secure their place within complex social and institutional contexts, navigating their way through and building relationships with other development professionals and power brokers in development agencies and positioning themselves in processes, teams and projects that span country and cultural contexts. Located within institutions, practitioners may take on the roles of pre-codors, where they act as conscious and unconscious social agents, deeply embedded in their cultural milieu but nonetheless capable of analysing and acting upon the circumstances that confront them. Drawing upon a concept of institutional pre-codage can be useful for understanding how norms are articulated and transferred into institutional settings through a process through which people consciously and non-consciously assemble 
and or reshape institutional arrangements, drawing on whatever materials and resources are available. This is not open-ended, however, and actors innovate and act within the limits of their resources, social circumstances and what is perceived as legitimate. By being Brico Lewis practitioners experience the personal stresses and anxieties of managing their security, family relations and isolation while on assignment. In their professional domain, they are continuously addressing ethical challenges, negotiating compromise, producing data and analysis acceptable to the demands of the systems, and ensuring compliance with statutory, institutional and financial accountabilities. In other words, making things work. What makes the development practitioner distinct from faith-based actors? Missionaries, for example, is that they project the primacy of the development narrative while their personal ethical and religious frameworks remain private. In carrying out their roles, development practitioners manage the tension of being the conveyancer of development thought and identity with applying these to the real world they inhabit. In their role as developmentalists, they are the bearers of travelling rationalities, transferable knowledge and skills, context-free ideas with universal applicability or purified moral action. And, by conceding what is known from experience to the simple instrumentality of the models of employers, bosses or supporters, or wider paradigms of the industry, they cement their status as professional by applying the universal to the particular. Development practitioners are under pressure to translate political issues to technical components of the development process, and in doing so, to order complex and fluid social realities and practice into preconceived categories. They do this while responding to expectations of transparency and professional practice. Balancing these components is replete with contradiction and poses a key dilemma for the practitioner where they need to acknowledge the complexities of settings, relationships and meaning while instrumentalizing these into technical planning and management processes and systems. Of this they are acutely self-aware, often resorting to peer coping mechanisms to address them, including humor and self-criticism. Practitioners often bring strong personal motivation and interests to their roles that emphasize a commitment to social justice and which sees activism as a means to achieve social change and equity. Development practitioner discourse is replete with emotional narratives highlighting social inequities and injustices, often accompanied by calls to action. The individual political perspectives of practitioners may be wide-ranging on specific topics, but are largely influenced by liberal democratic values and cosmopolitanism that value pluralism, and diversity and acceptance of the legitimacy of intervention to address perceived social or political injustice. The practitioner may also have personal interests or associations identified with gender, ethnic, sexual or cultural groups and issues. Individually, the practitioner personifies and brings agentic intent to their role and may seek to embed this in their practice. Professionally, the transfer of this intent into institutional practice is more complex. Aside from the prescription inherent in their institutional roles, it is often to the institution's advantage to recruit practitioners who demonstrate these characteristics in order that they might be used and exploited as experiential points of contact with those who are the objects of professional practice. 
Indeed, the co-option of individuals with these personal characteristics could be considered essential to the success of the development intervention in that they become a crucial legitimization mechanism for the institution and its agenda. For others, individual attributes are not constitutive of the developmentalist identity of the practitioner, and the intermediary or brokering role confirms their part as representatives or reproducers of the development discourse, and the essential cog to ensuring the sustainability of the development discursive order rather than the success of the purported development objective. This would explain why development practice measured as project outcomes appear to consistently underachieve, while the discursive structure of development and its associated apparatus is robustly maintained. This strong emphasis on discursive power results in human agency being neglected as a factor that might deviate from the prevailing discursive order, and individuals, in being instruments of the discourse, are disengaged from any kind of freedom. Post-development analyzers neglect almost entirely the individual subject, which is portrayed in a static relationship to development discourse and as a product of it. Accordingly, post-development theory almost entirely relegates agency to the formative power ascribed to discourses and larger structures that are perceived as being external to the subject. For many analysts of development actors, who themselves often play a role in the development industry. This is a difficult proposition to accept and a number point to the awareness exhibited by practitioners in the field. Lai, for example, argues this position was completely counter to my experience in the field, where actors were perfectly aware of what they were doing and acknowledged both the internal and external limitations to what they were trying to achieve. This view assumes that a practitioner may become self-aware of the confines of their role in the larger structure and able to distance themselves sufficiently from it to exert significant influence. Also, they assume the potentiality of individual self-awareness and agency delinked from the wider population of practitioners or collective agency. Consequently, we are left understanding these instances of self-awareness as ad hoc and individual, having little stimulus or relationship to a collective, or shared consciousness. The relationship between development practice and the individual characteristics and subjectivities of practitioners and their institutionalized role is a central concern in understanding the potentiality for agency. Who are the developers? How do they relate to the institutional beliefs and practices which they help to support? How are they positioned vis-a-vis -vis other categories of actors? What sense do they make of their own role? Development workers, as a broad category, constitute a sizable population. They are people employed in the many thousands of institutions operating in the development arena and play a wide variety of functions, which, for heuristic purposes, can be aggregated into three general categories. Firstly, and of primary relevance to this podcast series, are those employed within development institutions in roles that are directly linked to the construction and delivery of development benefit to intended beneficiaries. These range in status, levels of expertise and positions in the reproduction of development discourse and knowledge, but by virtue of their application to the exercising of development can broadly be determined as development practitioners. Within the first broad category of development practitioners, there are further distinctions that encompass two classes. Those whose perceived technical expertise defines them as development professionals, and those whose spatial and discursive proximities defines them as community development practitioners. 
The former plays a role as the expert and include the staff of international agencies, consultants, researchers, field workers, NGO technical staff, and even donor representatives. The latter include local community facilitators and representatives, volunteers, and those providing project assistance. Alongside this category of practitioners are those who ensure the maintenance of marketing, communications, financing and operational functions, and whose skills are more alike to roles in commercial entities. In some respect, these roles could be considered auxiliary to the delivery of development, but this would underestimate their performative role in extending the ideology and apparatus of developmentalism. To these two categories, we should add actors whose commitment is defined by moral universals, including charity workers, missionaries, philanthropists, and professional volunteers whose professional subjectivity is framed by stories of facilitation, altruism, heroic commitment and sacrifice, which involve processes of moral salving, that is, making the self-virtuous through action and reflection. Although these actors may play an important part in the enactment of development and its discourse, their motivations and positions serve more particular interests. Apart from providing a frame for analysis, this broad categorization reflects a much more substantive constitutive process in the formation of the identity of actors and their associated roles within developmentalism. The identity of the development practitioner as humanitarian or charity worker is itself a developmentalist construct. Development discourse constitutes a reformulation of the ideal by reconstructing the development practitioner as an ethical identity, choosing to pursue a difficult ethical path of doing good while receiving little personal benefit or advantage. This identity serves to reinforce the ethical valorization of the development enterprise in its entirety. This idealization has been maintained while neoliberal developmentalism has reconstructed the industry of development, with the market, professionalization of practice and normative transfer as its key features. Given their importance, there is a relative paucity of theoretical examinations of the construct of the development practitioner, particularly those working at the level of local communities. Moreover, when the formal institutions of development seek to engage with the institutions of communities in order to encourage their participation in development processes, this engagement tends invariably to happen on the institutional terrain of the former. Not only are experts seen as holding all the relevant knowledge for development, but they are also de facto owners of the institutional terrain. Those analyses who address this are largely of an anthropology of development perspective and weighted toward practitioners who occupy the epistemic roles of the expert or professional, generally originating from the North. Community development practitioners who are invariably part of the local in the South remain distinctly marginal in development scholarship. It is this distinction that we explore in following episodes in this series. Planet Worker, a world in development. Oh.